shouting and tongue talking that we are doing here on earth. And Jesus comes uh, and you've missed the rapture, uh, then you just wasted a whole lot of time in church. Uh, and, and I don't want to be one of them, like Paul said, after I've done so much, uh, I've preached so, to so many others, and I myself have been a castaway. I don't, I don't just want to belong to a church, uh, per se, uh, but I want to make it in. I want to see Jesus face to face. Uh, there is controversy about what I'm talking about. There, believe it or not, there, there are some in the church environment. Some don't even believe that Jesus really is coming back, which is, which is foolish to me, uh, as a believer. Why would Jesus save us uh, and then leave us here? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't believe salvation is about leaving us here. Uh, it's all about bringing us together with him. Uh, but it, it's a controversial topic, uh, the fact that Jesus is coming. Almost, and I have in my notes, almost all of what's referred to as conservative theologians. We, you know, um, that's the label they give us, those who uh, stick to the scriptures and, and believe everything that's in the Bible. Uh, for some reason, some people preach and teach uh, the Bible, but they don't really hold true to everything that's in the book. Uh, but those of us who really trust God's word and really love his word understand from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, it's God's word. Um, all scripture uh, is God's word. So uh, almost all of us who really trust God's word would, would say we're expecting a literal bodily return of Jesus Christ, uh, just like in the same manner he ascended. I believe everything in God's word. He came, he died uh, for my sins. He shed his blood for my sins. Uh, one scripture says, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. I believe all of that. I don't know about you, but I believe all of it. And not only that, but I believe he's coming back. Remember that song, uh, living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified free me forever. Hallelujah. And one day he's coming back on that glorious day. Um, so just like he, he died and rose again and ascended on into glory, he is coming back. Listen to these words. Uh, coming out of the book of Acts. I'm in the book of Acts chapter 1 and uh, verses 9 and 11 say, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand here? Uh, gazing up into heaven, this same Jesus, hallelujah, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So the angel is telling them, in essence, what's going up must come down. The same Jesus that has ascended into heaven, that same Jesus uh, that you've watched ascend into glory, that same Jesus is coming back in like Manner. So uh, here's the controversy that, that uh, I want to discuss before I get into the crux of, of the rapture, the facts that he's coming back. But the controversy arises uh, when we talk about when he's coming back. Um, when is Jesus coming back? When is he coming back? And the answer to that is uh, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. And I know... Um, there, there are a lot of folks who have broadcasted out there that uh, Jesus is coming on such and such a time, this time, this date. They've even uh, taken people's money. Uh, you know, give me your money, give me the deeds to your house because Jesus is coming such and such a date. And the question is now, uh, if Jesus is coming and we're all going, why do I need to give you my money and my in uh, the deed to my home. Uh, so many have been fooled 
uh, into this. But this is what the Bible says. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, the 24th chapter of Matthew, verses 37 and 38. You'll find these words. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So uh, here in the word of God, it says nobody knows. The only person, the only one that knows when Jesus is coming is God. He knows. He knows when that time is going to come. Uh, but we do get some insight uh, about uh, the attitude or the mentality of, of the people here uh, during that time. He says, just like during the days of Noah. Uh, remember Noah, he preached for 120 years the same message. Could you imagine? Hearing the same message uh, for all of those years, uh, it's going to rain. Come on inside the ark. It's going to rain. And so the word of God in Matthew says uh, the same attitude uh, that they had in Noah's time. They're going to be drinking and marrying, giving into marriage. Uh, they're going to be essentially going about everyday business, ignoring the message ignoring the word. Uh, we've heard that before. We keep hearing that, uh, but they waited until the flood came, uh, came knocking on the door, let me in. It's going to be too late then. Uh, you need to hearken and listen to God's word now. Uh, now is the time of your salvation. Don't, don't put it off, uh, but you need to find Christ now. So, uh, I'd have to say there remains much speculation then uh, as when he's going to return. Uh, and personally, I'd say don't worry about when. Uh, just be right with God. Just, just live right. Uh, there's, there's a song in my spirit, if I live right, heaven belongs to me. And listen to these words. Uh, those of us who are expecting his return would agree uh, that it will occur in relation, and, and I'm going into scripture now, uh, in relation to what Daniel sees, that, that 70th week of Daniel that's indicated in the ninth chapter of Daniel. Um, this is what is referred to as uh, a great tribulation. Uh, it's connected to that, and we're going to get into it uh, a little deeper uh, in Matthew 24. Uh, chapter 24, verse 21, um, the word says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, never shall be. Uh, and if I take you to the book of Jeremiah, uh, chapter 30, it's referred to as Jacob's trouble. Uh, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, be he shall be saved, but rather, I'm sorry, but he shall be saved out of it. And we're going to dig deeper into the scriptures because I hear some of your wheels are turning. Uh, but I need you to understand uh, that there's going to be a tribulation period. And here lies the controversy as to when will the rapture take place? When uh, when will Jesus come? When? Uh, but I, I need to say these words before we, we carry deeper into the word of God. If you are truly in the church, uh, if you're in the Lord's church, you have no business being in tribulation period. Uh, I'm going to say it again. If you're truly in the Lord's church, you have no business being in tribulation period. Your goal should be to make the rapture. Uh, I want to see Jesus. I want to be caught up to meet him. Um, so I need to get into uh, the different beliefs before we dig into the word of God and what 
what we believe as apostolics, um, there are three prominent views uh, concerning the rapture. Uh, one view uh, we would label this mid-tribulationist. Uh, these are people who teach and preach that the rapture is going to come in the middle of tribulation period. And we know from reading uh, the word of God that the tribulation period is going to last a period of seven years. Uh, so after three and a half years of tribulation period, uh, there are those who were teaching that right in the middle of tribulation, um, they believe um, that perhaps that moment where, that Daniel sees the abomination of desolation standing in the holy temple. And remember, uh, it's, it's brought up again in Revelation uh, where John sees it unfolding, where uh, the Antichrist is standing in the temple, uh, that temple that he has rebuilt for the Jewish nation. And he stands after rebuilding it and he proclaims himself to be God. And the Bible says then the scales will come off of their eyes and they'll see that they've been lied to. Uh, it is this point then that uh, mid-tribulationists believe that the rapture is going to come. Uh, and they're teaching this. Uh, but in order to substantiate this teaching, you have to deny the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, in order to believe this false teaching, uh, you have to just scratch out the fact that Jesus said, I'm coming, I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back for you. The imminent return of Jesus. He's coming back. He said, I'm coming back for you. And uh, so in order to refute what we teach, they'll uh, attempt to disprove the doctrine of imminence, which which uh, we adhere to, that he is coming back. He's not going to leave us here. He is going to take us out of here, and we will not have to go through tribulation. Uh, but while others are trying to disprove this, uh, the scriptures consistently teach uh, that the coming of Jesus Christ can be at any time. Jesus can come before this lesson is over. At any time, Jesus can come. Uh, remember these words? Uh, in the gospel according to St. John, chapter 14, I love this scripture. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. I'll come again and receive you unto myself. I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Uh, Paul, uh, in 1 Corinthians, in, in talking to the Corinthian church, uh, and he's telling them again about how we're going to be changed, uh, how we're going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, but in preparing the church and getting them ready, uh, putting it in their hearts and minds and spirits that Jesus is coming to receive us unto himself, uh, he says these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I don't want you to be slack in any area of your spiritual life. I want you to operate uh, in the fullness of your gifts. Do what Christ has put in you to do. And remember that everything we're doing, we're doing, we're occupying and waiting for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to come. Uh, he's coming to take us out of here. And if all we have to look forward to is what we have here on earth, then we're men most miserable. Uh, Jesus is going to take us away from this place. Um, Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 20 and 21, Paul says, For our conversation is in heaven, uh, from whence also we look for the Savior, 
the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. We're going to be like Jesus is, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Uh, and then Paul uh, describes things even more vividly. The Lord gives him revelation and he speaks about the occurrence of the rapture. The fact for they themselves show us what manner of entering in uh, we had unto you and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, uh, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. That's First Thessalonians chapter 1. And by the time he gets to chapter 4, he's in full throttle. Uh, and he's describing the occurrence of the rapture. And he says these words, and I, and I love this scripture, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Uh, when is Jesus coming? I don't know, but he is coming. Hallelujah. And we believe that uh, we won't have to go through uh, tribulation period. I have enough tribulation and trial now. Um, Jesus is coming to take me out of here. Uh, but there's another argument, those who teach that Christ is going to come in, uh, in midstream of tribulation period. Uh, they are, and they use the scripture in Matthew, uh, and where it talks about that we were promised persecution. Uh, we, the Lord promised that we would be persecuted, and, and it's, it's true that we were, we're going to have to go through. Uh, but I think in order to refute this, uh, people who read the Word of God and study the Word of God, you have to understand how to distinguish between the church and Israel. Um, there are certain things that God said to Israel that do not pertain to the church. Uh, there is a difference between Israel and the church. Say it with me. There's a difference between Israel and the church. And I know people say we are spiritual Israel. We are uh, the seed of Abraham. All of that is true. But there are certain things that God says in his word that do not pertain to his church. Those scriptures which promise tribulation uh, to Israel cannot be made to teach that the church is to experience the tribulation period. So the, understand again, the church and Israel are two distinct entities in the plan of God's economy. Um, so let's briefly talk about the word tribulation uh, and because there's a difference between going through tribulation and being left behind and participating in the tribulation period. Uh, understand in one sense the word tribulation is used in reference uh, to suffering or being tested any time into which one goes into. Remember, um, think it not strange when you find yourself uh, in these fiery trials and tribulation. Uh, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 5 verse 3, uh, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Uh, I can take you to the gospel according to St. John, verse, uh, chapter 16, rather, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he does God a service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father, nor me, but these things have I told you that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. Um, so uh, the saints are going to go through. We're going to have trials and tribulation. 
Uh, and I understand when you see tribulation, it's also used when we talk about that seven-year period, uh, that whole seven-year period called the tribulation period. That, uh, uh, but the house of God, the household of faith, has no business uh, being left behind uh, going through tribulation period. Uh, so uh, there are those who teach that the rapture will occur after tribulation period. Uh, it'll happen after tribulation is over. This is uh, probably the oldest view. Uh, but the problem with this teaching is that everything is, uh, that they teach is, is an allegory. Uh, they spiritualize everything, it's an allegory. Uh, and they insist that the church these people insist that the church will suffer uh, along with the world. Uh, but the Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. But there are those who teach that the church is going to suffer along with the world during tribulation, uh, and the church will not be pulled out of here until the end of that seven-year period. Um, that's, that's just not... That's just not so. Um, he's not going to leave us here uh, during tribulation. Uh, he's not going to just, uh, you know, let us go through all of that trouble and all of that destruction. Uh, it, so let's get into the word even deeper uh, because um, we have to understand, as for stated, that there is a difference uh, between the church. And Israel, I want to take you to Romans. Uh, this is what Paul said uh, in the book of Romans, chapter 10. Uh, he prayed for Israel. Remember, uh, Paul uh, was a devout Jew. Uh, as a matter of fact, before he got saved, uh, he made it his business uh, to make sure that people like you and I that believe in Jesus and have the Holy Spirit uh, it, he went out of his way to make sure that we suffered pain or we were thrown in jail. Uh, he even held the coats uh, for those who were stoning Stephen. But this is what he says about Israel. Um, brethren, in chapter 10, in the book of Romans, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves. They have not submitted themselves. They have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. That's Romans 10 verses 1 through 3. Uh, and it's a scripture that points out that Jesus came among his own and his own received them not. Um, so the word of God spilled out to the Gentiles, and the word refers, uh, and, it, and it confirms that. and says to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. Um, we are here, uh, and thank God that he engrafted us in. Uh, but there was a difference between the church and Israel, and if we were the same, um, the apostle Paul would not have said that I'm praying for Israel, that Israel will be saved. Um, so here we are um, getting ready to get deeper into uh, this rapture thing, the fact that Jesus is coming for his people. Uh, and this is what we believe. Uh, this is the word of God uh, that Jesus is coming back for us. Um, we are pre-tribulationist. Uh, we believe uh, that Jesus is coming before the tribulation period starts, um, before all of this uh, really gets crazy. And you think things are crazy now. Uh, and I'm, I'm seeing all kinds of things on Facebook uh, that the saints are saying um, that really are far-fetched and so contrary to what the Word of God, uh, some of the saints are making fun and laughing uh, during this time, but you should be praying 
uh, you should be getting your house in order uh, because as for stated, Jesus could come at any time uh, before it really gets crazy. I believe uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come and take us out of here. I want to read out of Matthew chapter 24. I've been here for about two weeks uh, reading this chapter over and over and over again. Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. Uh, you'll find these words. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now understand, I need to stop here for a moment, uh, because if I was reading in the actual uh, Greek that this was written in, the word perusia is used for the first time. Uh, perusia. Uh, to the born-again believers, those of us who are in the word of God, we understand the perusia to refer to the rapture, the return of Jesus, uh, where he actually comes back uh, to receive us. Um, there, there are other words in the Latin that refer to a catching away. You won't see the word rapture uh, in the Bible, uh, but everything uh, that the Bible is pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming to receive us unto himself. Uh, which would be the sign? What shall be the sign of your coming, they said, and the end of the world? And this is what Jesus says. The first thing he says is, I don't want anyone to be deceived. Don't let anybody trick you. Don't let anybody teach you anything contrary to what I've said to you. Uh, because I've already told you that I'm going away to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. And he said, a whole lot of folks are going to come in my name. I'm in verse 5. They're going to come in my name, and they're going to have the audacity to say that I'm Christ. I'm the Messiah. Um, I want you to follow me. And Jesus says, they will deceive many. Many people are going to fall for it. They're going to be led away from the truth of God's word. Why does the enemy want to trick people and pull them away from God's word? Because he doesn't want us to be where he's fallen from. Hallelujah. So he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So um, Jesus is letting them know that certain things have to happen before I come for you. Uh, and remember I told you that there are some things pertaining to the church and there are other things pertaining uh, to Israel. Uh, so it's, it's understanding this. I want to read something in my notes to you. Uh, it says this, it is important to look at God's purpose for this world. Um, and I'm going back now to tribulation period. And I want to read this for you. Uh, it is important to look at God's purpose for this world during the seven-year tribulation period. The first purpose of this time is to prepare the nation Israel for her Messiah. I, I don't have time to get all the way into it, but write this down. Uh, Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. Uh, it tells us that God will send Elijah to preach to prepare Israel for the second advent. Uh, tribulation, then, is primarily for those who have rejected Christ. Uh, tribulation period. 
uh, for the lack of a better phrase, is primarily Jewish for those who have, have shunned him and rejected his messiahship. Tribulation is for them in the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, it concerns Daniel's people, uh, a false messiah. Uh, the city of Jerusalem, the 12 tribes of Israel, the sons of Moses in flight on the Sabbath. All of these speak of Israel and prove that the tribulation is a time that God will deal with his ancient people. Another purpose of God at this time is to pour out judgment and unbelieving man and nations. Um, and you can find that Isaiah talks about it in chapter 26 uh, even when you go into Second Thessalonians, uh, where Paul is teaching about this after, say it with me, after, after he discusses uh, the occurrences of the rapture. Uh, and the rapture, then, is Jesus taking his church out of here before he deals with the Jews, before he deals with the nations for their sin. Hallelujah. And their rejection of the word of God. And there are a lot of people who don't believe that. Uh, but if you don't believe uh, that, then you really don't know God. He's not just a savior. He doesn't just love us. He's not just a healer. But he is also a righteous judge. And he's going to judge us for our sins. Oh, yes, he will. Uh, we can't get away with uh, living in sin and rejecting him and think, that God is not going to deal with us. He's going to deal with the nations um, and he's going to deal with us. But those of us who have given our lives to Jesus Christ, those of us who have been born again, uh, he's coming to take us out of here and receive us unto himself. Um, so here we are uh, in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic. Uh, in, the, in the midst of that evil. And one thing that I'm seeing is how easy it is to throw off, throw off the economy of not just uh, America, but the whole world is, ha, is unraveling and shutting down uh, because of a germ, hallelujah, because of a virus. Some are panicking. Uh, the people of God shouldn't be panicking. Uh, we should be praying and reaching out to God. We should be coming to him in prayer and saying, Lord, uh, cover us with your blood. Take us through this. Um, and I can hear Peter now. Uh, if he was here in the temple with me, he would be shouting even now, uh, come Lord Jesus. Could you imagine uh, people are struggling during this time? And I'm talking about church people are struggling during this time. Could you imagine uh, what it's going to be like during tribulation period uh, where the only choice you will have uh, is whether or not you're going to live or die? Uh, and that pertains to the fact that you won't be able to buy or sell, won't be able to travel unless you have the mark of the beast uh, and we'll get into that later, but I, I need to read something to you before I close out this lesson. And I guess you've already figured it out. Uh, there's going to be a part two to this uh, because I didn't get into it the way I want to get into it. Uh, but in dealing with the rapture, we are really referring and talking about the destiny of the church. Uh, where are we going? Hallelujah. Um, and, and I need to talk about this in our very near future because there are a lot of people in the church who feel like their only goal is to make it to the church house. Uh, but now, uh, because of all of these rules and regulations, many of us can't make it to the church house. We can't come to the house. Only 10 of us can come and worship uh, we can't get to the house, and it might get worse before it gets better. Hallelujah. But when Jesus comes, hallelujah, when Christ cracks the sky, I don't care what the restriction is here on earth, everyone that's been buried in his name, everyone that's been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, we're getting out of here. Hallelujah. 
No governor, no president can say only 10 at a time. And you know when Jesus comes, well, we're out of here. Remember these words? Uh, Paul taught us this. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit, by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Um, so those of you who are in the church, hallelujah, I should say go to church, but you don't have the Holy Ghost, um, you better get the Holy Ghost. You need salvation uh, because it's not about the building you sit in. It's about being ready when Jesus comes. Um, the early church didn't have buildings like this to sit in. Uh, it was against the law. Uh, some of these epistles that we read in the Bible, back then it was against the law uh, to be a Christian, to be part of, uh, they call us the people of the way. Uh, that's why they had to meet by the banks of the river. That's why Paul and Silas had to go by the riverside for prayer. That's why they met in catacombs, because it was magistrated. It's against the law, hallelujah, to be a Christian. Uh, what if the law is passed in America? It's against the law now for you to be a Christian. Uh, are you going to give up your faith? Or are you going to continue, hallelujah, to seek Christ and to look for his return? Because this world is not our home. I don't care what uh, certain preachers say, it's not our home. We're not supposed to stay here. Salvation is not about staying here on earth, being saved and sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, and fire baptized is all about rapture preparation and being ready uh, to get out of this place, being ready uh, to leave this place. Uh, and you ought to be looking toward the return of Jesus Christ. That ought to be on your mind. That ought to be in your heart. When Jesus comes to take you out of here. Um, I want to read these words to you. And then we're going to have prayer. And then I'm going to let you go. Um, and I hope you've gotten something out of this lesson. And of course, uh, I'm not able to take questions. But if you have a question... For me, you can email me at bishopwmfields at gmail.com. Bishopwmfields at gmail.com. Um, and Brother Wallace uh, can put it on the screen at any time uh, because we're not able to get to the house of God. You can still give. You can still send your tithing and your offerings uh, to the house of God. Um, you can do that, um, and Brother Craig will put that on the screen now. If you're a member of my church in the Bronx, Refuge Temple Annex, uh, you can send your monies directly to the church, or you can mail it to the P.O. Box, or you can use Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y, uh, and I believe Sister Newton is sending out that information uh, Mother Van is sending out that, that information, and you'll still be able to give your tithing and offering. I want you to know that even though we have these restrictions, uh, the church is still marching on. People are still getting delivered and set free. Um, we're doing things a little differently, and for the first time in, in my walk with God, uh, I have to make appointments now with people to be baptized, just to make sure we don't have more than 10 in the building um, but people are calling the temple, uh, Pastor, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. And we're accommodating them. Uh, so even in the midst of this, I believe that the church is going to grow in the midst of this. When you read the book of Acts, you see uh, it was persecution, hallelujah, that made the church grow. And the church is going to, we're going to have a growth spurt. Uh, people are going to see uh, and they're going to look in the word of God and see, I need to be saved. Uh, they're going to remember a song or a message they heard. Say, I need to be saved. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. Uh, and, and Paul, he gives us a description of what the rapture is going to look like. 
uh, and this is what he says, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him um, the sudden coming of the Lord. Uh, the sudden coming of the Lord. He says, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words uh, immediately after Paul uh, gives us the revelation of what the rapture is going to look like. Uh, because they're asking him questions, you know. Uh, this congregation wanted to know, what about those who have died before us? Uh, are they going to make this, uh, this rapture that you've been teaching us about? Uh, and he goes into a conversation because now some of them are asking him about uh, tribulation, uh, great tribulation. And uh, he says, this is his answer to them in chapter 5, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need. That I, wrote, I, that I write unto you. In other words, I really shouldn't be discussing tribulation period with born-again believers. Why? Because our objective is to be caught up in the rapture before tribulation comes. Before tribulation comes. Tribulation period comes. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night, and they shall say peace and safety then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. They shall not escape, but ye brethren are not in darkness. Born again believers are not in darkness. I'm going to say it again. Born again believers, we are not in darkness. That that day should overtake us as a thief. To the world, to the unbeliever, when the rapture comes, is coming like a thief in the night, but we're expecting it. I don't know when. Um, for us, listen to this. For us, the rapture is going to be a joyous occasion. Hallelujah. We're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. But to the world, the news is going to go crazy. All over the world, you're going to hear about planes dropping out of the sky. Why? Because the pilot or the co-pilot uh, they had the Holy Ghost and the rapture came. Bus driver might have the Holy Ghost and the rapture is going to come and take him out of here. Who's going to drive the bus? People are going to be driving down the street uh, and they have the Holy Ghost. They're going to be taken out of their car. Who's going to drive the car? So to the world, it's, it's going to look like a catastrophe. But to the people of God, we'll be taken out of here Hallelujah. And Paul says, I shouldn't really be talking to you about tribulation period because you are going to be or you should be focusing on making the rapture. He says, ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be Sober For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. What is the hope of my salvation? To see Jesus, to make the rapture. Hallelujah. Some people got it wrong. I don't know what they're thinking about uh, because if you listen to some of these ministries, they, they'd leave you to think that the hope of your salvation is to get a new house. Or the hope of your salvation is to get a new car or to be rich. Hallelujah. But that's not the hope of my salvation. Listen, my car, when Jesus comes, if the Lord called me today, if he called my name and I died tonight, I can't take my car with me into heaven. Hallelujah. None of these earthly things can we take um, you have to be ready. Your soul has to be right. Uh, and this is what Paul and those who taught this, um, you have to be ready to see Jesus. 
I want to close out with this. I, I, this song has been uh, in my spirit. And again, there'll be a part two of this. I'm not, I'm not through talking about the rapture, but uh, the thought came to me in prayer uh, that there are so many people in church that are not in church. Let me say it again. There's so many people that are in church that are not in church. They're, they come to a building and they're, of course, uh, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable. We don't like the fact that uh, there are restrictions. Um, but I, I need to get deeper with this because even before all of this was going on, uh, it, it wasn't really dealt with. There's a lot of people going to church that are not really in it. Uh, they're not really in the body. They, they, they know how to dress. They can quote scripture. Uh, they know how to dance, but they're really not in it. Uh, if, and we need to think if Jesus, and everybody needs to take inventory, if Jesus came right now, uh, am I in it? Am I really what I'm supposed to be? Um, and and this, this song, uh, and, and I really only knew the, the chorus. As a little boy, I would hear, um, uh, we would sing this song sometime. Um, you know, I was a little boy and we called them the senior choir. The senior choir sang all the old gospel songs. Um, and, um, but there was a song that stuck to me even as I grew up. Um, and the verse, one of the verses goes like this. Uh, and the name, of the name of the song is The Savior's Bride, uh, baptized in the body. It says, have you been baptized into the body, baptized with the Holy Ghost? There is but one way to enter in it, just as they did on Pentecost. There is but one church, bride or body, and into it we're all baptized by the one true promised Holy Spirit, though by the world we're all despised. Every creed has claimed to be the body, but the plumb line proved untrue. All their dreams for God has so determined to bring his son's true bride to view. Many thought that they were in the body till the Holy Ghost had come. When the word of God was open to them, they entered in, and yet there's room. Those who died before the Holy Spirit came upon us from on high, may by faith with saints of old departed, arise to meet him in the sky. When the bridegroom comes, will you be ready? And your vessel all filled and bright, you will be among the foolish virgins if you don't walk in the light. I don't remember how those verses go, but here's the chorus. I don't have an organ player, but I feel like singing it. Are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the Savior's bride? Come and be baptized into the body and forevermore abide. Now that's old school. That's an old song. And I remember even sometimes going downtown the hall and hear Bishop Bonner preaching uh, I forget which Sunday it would be, but some Sunday nights the gospel chorus uh, would be singing and they'd pull out a song like this and folks would get happy. Uh, but there's a whole lot of meat in this song uh, and it's asking you a question. Are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the Savior's bride? Come and be baptized into the body and forevermore abide. If we're going to see Jesus, we got to be ready. Uh, we got to be ready. If we're going to make the rapture, we have to be filled with the spirit and we have to be living according to his word. We have to be the church. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not in the church, not in Christ's church. If you haven't been born again, you're really not in the church. You, you're in the building, but you're not really in his church. In order to be in his church, you must be born again. And in order to have, hallelujah, your ticket, as I preached one Sunday morning, the only way to get out of here is to have your ticket. The only way to be a part of the rapture, you have to have the Holy Ghost abiding on the inside. The same spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead.
if it dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. May the Lord bless you. Uh, and again, if you have heard this and seen this and you don't know Christ in the pardon of your sins and you want to be baptized, uh, call us here at the temple, 202-388-5605, uh, and we'll make arrangements for you to be baptized in Jesus' name. Um, someone will tarry with you. You receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen, if you, we'll call it conference tarry meeting. If you got to do it over the phone, hallelujah. I believe the Holy Ghost can reach through the phone line. Uh, we can pray over the phone. And someone will get the Holy Ghost. Someone will get healed. Let's pray right now uh, before I close out this segment. And I want to remind you that I'll be out again next week, Wednesday. Bible study will do part two. And I'm going to deal with the destiny of the church. We're still under the umbrella of the rapture. But let's pray. Father, we love you so much and we're so grateful. We thank you for this opportunity to speak to your people, to go into your word. And I pray, Father, that something has been said tonight that would bless the hearts and minds of those who are watching and listening. Lord, we want to be right. We want to be ready when you come. We believe that you are coming just like you said you are. Oh God, those who are not saved, I pray that they get a mind to be saved. And those of us who are claiming salvation will draw even closer to you. Today is not a time to be divided. It's not a time to fight over things, but to get closer to you because you are coming again and we need to be ready. I pray, oh God, during this time, this unsettling time, that those, hallelujah, that have contracted the disease, the virus. I pray for their healing. Hallelujah. More so, not just their healing, but if they're not saved, I'm praying to you concerning their salvation. Hallelujah. Because what would it profit them to gain the world? What would it profit them to gain healing for their body? And their soul is still not right. So I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would step into every living room where, hallelujah, this is being received, every car, every office that this is being received, if there is a need for salvation, that they'll say yes to your will, hallelujah, and they'll make steps in your direction. Bless as only you can, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. The Lord bless you, and I thank you for your time. Shalom.